Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The shit show. <laughs> yeah, that was a shit show. Hey guys, welcome to the shit show. So excited uh, to be back behind the microphone. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm here with my co-host Anthony Lario, my best friend, and we have a special special guest. Oh my God. Produce, producer Andrew. I am here um, as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. How fun. Just three Bishop Eustace alumni spawn. It yeah. all comes back to Eustace. It really does. <laughs> um, Andrew, how about you give like three fun facts about yourself just so people can get oh the gist of who you are? Um, three fun facts. Uh, I love Halloween. Um, I, I got free tickets to a, an Adele concert and sat behind Hoda Kotb. That was pretty cool. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. And fun fact, I produced this show and it's fun. Hell yeah. <laughs> it is you sat fun. behind Hoda? I, I did. I, she, I always, Dominic and I always talk about this. We wish that there's like certain people were like, how amazing would it be if that person was like your aunt or uncle or like your cousin? Mm -hmm. And it's never like really like A-list, like big movie star singers, but it's always like, how fucking cool would it be if like aunt No, Hoda she just seems like came so genuine. Yeah. yeah. She is like the best celebrity. She seems so kind. I feel Aww. like she just smells like Chardonnay. Yeah. Did she look nice, like from the back? I I I lied to her after, and I said um, I read her book when I did not, just to get a picture with her. Andrew, uh, <laughs> I did not read Hoda Kotb's book. No. Andrew, how wow. about this? How about this? Yeah. How about we go through um, the rock and the rose of your day? So something that rose you up, and then something that brought you down, and if there's a shit show in between there. Oh, every, wait for <laughs> wait for every single for all day? time for no, all time? today for today oh, for, for today. today. Um, I took a bike ride this morning through Central Park. That was that was really nice. Beautiful. Um, okay. very hipster. Uh, <laughs> and then I got. I hate like recording with people that are on uh, California time because I always send the wrong time to them. I wonder which time zone is like the original time zone. I oh, I know, I know this stupid. answer. I know yeah, this answer. Anthony, go ahead. The original time zone is our time zone, Eastern Standard Time. Amazing. Yeah. We have, different, we have different time zones because of farmers. Is, is mm -hmm. that right? Well, I think oh, it's... You know what? No, I love I, farmers, but they're screwing a lot of shit up. This electoral college, now the time <laughs> zones. What's going on here? I really just think it's the sun. I think it's just the sun. I love farmers, though. I love the sun. I can't believe that farmers are the reason why the sun like comes up in the morning. Wait, didn't Margaret want to? <laughs> didn't Margaret want to be a farmer when she was younger? Yeah, she did. She wanted to uh, be a farmer. This shit, this shit show podcast is so funny because I feel like everything just comes back full circle. To, to get, to yeah, farmers. except for your statements. To ever comes yeah, except back. for my except for my sentences. Everything comes back full circle. It's really funny. It's very organic, well, like a farmer. Like a farmer, organic. And you know what else is organic? We posted a swipe up and link in bio, like the true influencers we are, for people to be able to write in their own shit show stories. Because mm -hmm. while Morgan and I might not have PhDs or might not be clinically trained, we are, in fact, psychiatrists and therapists. Yes. And meanwhile, we, we don't have arm rests, but we are armchair experts. Yes. Um, and we got the idea because a lot of people, um, a lot of listeners, they've been enjoying the shit shows. But what's happening, and I've realized, Anthony, I think it's probably the same for you, is that people are like, oh, my God, like this happened to me. This got it. This has to be on the show. So we want you guys to get involved because um, there involved. are shit shows in everybody's um, everyday life. Yeah, That's, totally. And, yeah. And, and we can learn things from each one. I mean, I, I was just even finding myself this past weekend, like talking to random people. And it's like, been there, been there, been there, but not like a elitist been there. It's like, oh, I get it. 
Like, and I feel like right. a lot of people are feeling that way. They're like, oh my God, I, I like somebody DM me. They're like, I can't believe that Margaret Josephs had to go through that. She never talked about that on the TV show. And it's like, mm -hmm. now that is going to give, if there's ever a rumor about me, I'm just going to be like fucking Margaret Josephs. It's yeah. like so mm -hmm. cathartic. Or even just like a lot of um, people around like, you know, ages 25 to 30, uh, they really related to Kate Casey's podcast and it made everybody like calm down about like their future. Like everyone fucks totally. up, everyone makes mistakes, everyone misses the red flags. Um, and it's just about what you do with them to find success later on. So totally. a lot of people are finding comfort. Um, and I feel like this forum and the form that we put out is allowing people to kind of like let their walls down um, and just like let it all out anonymously. So it's kind of like a, Dear Morgan and Anthony column. Yeah, totally. We're going to try our best to yeah. give our, our dearest advice. <laughs> well, now that we've gotten done patting ourselves on the back, uh, <laughs> let's let's open the floodgates. So Amazing. first anonymous submission. This is like a tale as old as time. So my friend told me that they were in love with me. I don't have feelings for him, but I think I could eventually gain some because I know he would be a good, stable boyfriend. What should I do about this shit show? I don't want to ruin our friendship either that's difficult that is difficult uh, what so, do you think because i i have some i have a few thoughts i find my, my my initial thought is you don't want to lose a good friendship totally but i do think that with a significant other they become your best friend yeah um so i think like there's definitely like a lot of communication that needs to happen if you do decide to take the next step and like want, if he wants to pursue you and date you. Um, but if the feelings aren't there, like I'm a firm believer in like instant chemistry and knowing if there's like a difference between like a friend and like a boyfriend, someone you want to romantically get involved with. Yeah. Um, but you might like, as you mature, realize that you find feelings in having the stability of having a best friend. So, yeah, I mean, those are my like initial thoughts. Anthony, what do you think? I mean, I, I feel like I've gotten like mixed advice from people because I, I often find that maybe instant chemistry is a red flag that we paint green. Um, and I disagree. That, and, well, I, I think that instant chemistry can be dangerous because it, it can cause you to overlook a lot of things because you're like, oh, my God, we had this chemistry right away. And it was sparks flying. Andrew's nodding his head. He agrees with me. Agree, and maybe yes. this is maybe this is uh, like more exclusive to LGBTQ plus community than it is the straights. But who knows? Who, who really knows? I just think that when there's this like fire, it's like, well, guess what? All fires eventually dim. They're all eventually put out and the security guard mary at our condo building down the shore said something to me because i i um went to her in the beginning of may it was my first time down the shore like during covid and i was like talking to a bunch of guys on hinge and like i have really good chemistry with this one but i can't tell like if he likes me and this this and this and then there's this other guy and i'm like oh my god he's so great but i can't tell if i really have feelings for him and she's like pick him and i'm like why She's like, you can always learn to develop feelings for somebody, especially when they like you more than you like them. And the opposite always fails to be good. And it always comes true because the sparks always end up going out. And this is like a morbid way to look at it, but it, it kind of ends up being true, I think. Um, mm -hmm. I think that the difference in this situation that we have written in is that they're best friends. And that's what makes it complicated because I, I think like, let's say she just met this guy and she's like, I can't tell if I really have a connection, but he's cute and he's mm -hmm. like fun and he's smart and I can get there eventually and he will take care of me and I'll take care of him. I say, yeah, go for it. But the fact that it's a best friend, are there families involved? Do you guys yeah. know each other's parents? Is there a possibility yeah. you could break up a friend group? I would say maybe have sex and then see what happens after because you can always come back from sex. No, but you can't come back from. Yeah. You don't think so, Andrew? Absolutely I, I, not. I disagree. Probably, yeah, probably the worst advice. You, I mean, yeah, it's bad advice. Then, <laughs> no, because then you're then you're stuck in lust. Oh. Then you're, then you're stuck in lust, and lust is a, it's like quicksand. So Ooh, I feel like that's God. hard to get out of. But, but um, I'm, I'm curious in hearing. Wait, why do you think it would be like 
beneficial to have sex with someone that you deem a very close friend. Because if it's fun and it's if, if it's fun and it goes well and you're laughing after, I think those moments after we're like laying in bed together and you're just laughing and looking at memes or whatever, that's like the moment where you really figure it out. I think. But what and if it goes horribly and you can't? But if it at goes horribly, we're like, oh my god, well, j- but well, that's you your can't. Feeling. And but okay, it's but valid. but if but if she's if he's in love with her, and it's an awful experience in the bedroom. Uh huh. There's just they're going to be looking at each other a little differently, I think, and that's going to be even harder to get back. So I think yeah, this true. is like a situation where uh, you take it slowly. You really hone in on the good qualities of the person. And yeah. if they don't give, if he doesn't give up on you, then, then you deserve it, girlfriend. Then go and do it. Take it slowly. I think this is like a slow roll. I do. Yeah, but she also can't like lead him on, which I guess would be the sex thing it might not be a good idea. But at the <laughs> same time, it's like, I think I've been on both sides of this. Like I've been the person who's like, well, maybe it'll be a thing, but then. I like I think I'm leading the person on and then I've also been on the side where I'm like all right they like just want to be friends for right now but I like know that there's more than that here and so where do you go from there and then it's like eventually I feel like I feel like it's hard unless the person gets rid of their feelings mm-hmm. it's hard to move forward knowing that somebody isn't feelings is one thing you can have chemistry and a little bit of feelings but if you like <laughs> Wait, love I with have- somebody I have a good idea. I think I have an interesting idea. Okay, girlfriend, if you're listening, if you have a friend that you can, or or boyfriend, yeah, we don't know. Um, If you have a friend that you can set up with this guy, that you think you know they would get along really well, you think they make a good match, and they end up hitting it off, then you have to realize how you feel. Are you jealous? Are you happy for them? If you're jealous go for it. If you're happy for them, let it go. So maybe that's good. So maybe, so maybe try to set them up with somebody and see how you feel. If you're jealous, if you're like, oh my God, how the date go? If you're like, oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You can keep going. (laughs) No, no, no. That's, (laughs) no, no, that's it. I think that's it. I think we nailed it. Okay. Andrew, my official (laughs) advice. Oh, you go first, Andrew. I, I feel like I have very um, unfun advice for this person. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you offered two very um, fun options, I think. Um, but I feel like just go for someone else completely. I think it's just too complicated to even consider. Just I think that there are people out there that can, you know, I think you're attracted to this person because you see them in this light. There are more people out there and just like, it's, you're going to get hurt, I feel. So yeah, I would avoid. That could be true. But do you think that they're always going to wonder what if? Yeah, the what if like part is like high, like for a fantasy, but like not to actually like pursue because then not only are you losing like a potential like romantic partner, but you're also like but could potentially lose a very good friend as well. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, that's true. That's it. true. Okay, guys. So you have uh, one piece of responsible advice and two pieces of fun fuck it advice. Take your pick. Yeah, yeah, take I, your yeah. Pick. <laughs> I'm, I'm outweighed, so go for it. Go for Anthony Morgan. Go for it. <laughs> All right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So we we have one uh, that is really morbid, but we love the morbidity. Uh, in 2009, I separated, moved out, lost my job, got bub bags and shingles, got divorced. But hey, I couldn't wait for 2020, which couldn't possibly be worse. Thanks, Amen. Corona. Fuck my life. Still divorced, <laughs> unemployed with bub bags, bug be- bed bugs, bed bug beds, bug a bug a boo, bug a boo. And I got infected with COVID on election day. Wow. <laughs> Don't oh fuck God. with me, 2021. <laughs> All I got to say is 
Miss Mary Pat, Miss Mary Mac, I am very happy that I'm not you, but I empathize. I empathize, not based on any personal experience, but I'm very creative and I can put myself in your shoes. Here's my thing with this one. Again, I, I'm very sorry for everything that you've been through. Um, <laughs> but uh, Miss Mary Mac, it is always darkest before the dawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> but she thought that in 2019. Yeah, the I, here's, came. here's my question. And again, I'm, I don't mean to make fun of anybody, but I'm going to because you still have bed bugs after a year. Yeah, that might be a you problem. Yes, I don't want to victim blame anybody with bed bugs. <laughs> but bug bed bug bug bugaboo bed bugs. Yes, uh, <laughs> but I yeah, I don't know. It's getting really dark before the dawn, though. It's getting very very pitch dark. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, Miss I mean, Mary Mac. She I don't know. A, when it when it rains it. when it rains it pours. That's very cliche, but I think that's like pretty much all I have to say to this one um but guys do not fuck with her in 2021 well my my main thing is do you uh, uh, miss mary mac if you're listening first of all i'm very sorry it fucking sucks 2009 2020 two weird years for i feel like a lot of people but those are really big life things getting separated um divorcing somebody moving out losing a job those are all cycle i mean i know this for my own psychiatrist those moving and breakups are and sickness are the three biggest stressors that somebody could ever go through and it's because it's all about change and having to adapt to that change eventually so my advice would be if you can't do something to control it try to find some solace in the uncontrollable because that's where the beauty really lies. If you're like, holy fuck, I can't control this. I'm just going to roll with the punches. Maybe try to get the bed bugs under control. I would throw out the bed, get a new one. Yeah. Or see if it has something to do with your landlord or your house. If you control the controllable, what you can't control, you can't control. Hopefully mm-hmm. you're doing better with the COVID. Yeah. But I would really go to a Wicca or a witch doctor and get some advice. You can actually book a consultation. I don't know if you live near New Hope, PA. You can get a cleanse. I feel like somebody might have put a hex on you. I'm being oh. serious. I believe in the moikes. I believe in the evil eye. This is bad shit. That took yeah. like a giant I think, turn. <laughs> I think also just to piggyback off of Anthony's uh, Wicca advice is that start with throwing out the mattress. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in shaking up your frequ- frequencies when things are going wrong. Um, yeah. Just because I feel like it's so easy to be like, oh my God, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me when you're stagnant? Um, so try to take control of new things. Like try redecorating, try painting, try a new recipe and shake up those frequencies in life um, so that the universe is kind of like, oh my God, all right, she's alive. She's good. Yeah. She's shaking and moving. I'm going to give her some, you know, some good luck she and you know what also miss bugaboo miss mary pat um it sounds like you're due for some for some good karma yeah it seems like you're due for some good karma and also like one of my own personal shit shows i had the year 2014 through 2015 was like a cyclone like i felt like i had gotten thrown into a cyclone as if i got pushed off a 100 story building and it just wouldn't stop it would not stop beginning of 2014 i had to go on prednisone for like six fucking months i got broken up with in the most public way possible i got kicked out of villanova for a semester spiraled downward i'm like it can't get any worse i get home i gained fucking 60 pounds the roommates that i'm supposed to live with when i got back all kicked me out of in, in like a homophobic attack like kicked me out of their housing like I was like, it cannot get any worse. And then finally, there's just this one day and you're going to have this moment as I feel like a lot of people do. And you're just going to be like, all right, wait, did it just get better? Did it just happen? And you prepare yourself. Okay, maybe it can go down a little bit more again. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's going to get better. And then usually you get into a pattern and you reteach yourself. It's all about adapting. And once you've relearned yourself really, that's when it that's when it starts to get better because you can't control what happens to you. You can't yeah. control how somebody throws the baseball pitch at you, whether it's a curveball, whether it's a fastball. But you can control if you want to attempt to hit back with the bat or if you want to step aside and let it be a foul mm-hmm. ball. Mm-hmm. That part's under your control. So yeah. Miss Mary Matt, Bugaboo, Miss Pat, Mac, Mackie Daddy, <laughs> just... <laughs> 
just take it in stride. You're going to be okay. Take it in stride. Yeah. I went through something similar um, not too long ago. In the same week, I got let go from my job and went through a breakup. Um, And it was heavy. I mean, there was just like, it seemed like everything on my plate was like wiped off. And it kind of, it's, it felt like a, like a new start in a way. So maybe look at this as like a clean slate um, and just like a chance to kind of like start over and like reinvent if you want, or just like move forward. It's interesting. I was watching um, a podcast last night, Joe Rogan with Matthew McConaughey, and he had a, he had a roll, but keep going. I mean, he had a really Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey at least had a really interesting perspective on, um, you know, when you're, when things are going really badly and blah, 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 everything's hitting you all at once. Um, it's so easy to just be like, okay, what am I do for some good luck? What am I do for some good luck? And then finally True. things are working in your favor. Um, but there is a danger in getting used to things going too well, where you start to self-sabotage and you're like, okay, this is like all too good to be true. Like I don't deserve this. And there's a, there's an art that Matthew was going. Imposter through. syndrome, really. Imposter syndrome. And also there's an art in running downhill like making sure you're not running towards the great things like too too fast but really like reveling in the moment and enjoying the good things that are happening to you while making sure you don't self-sabotage and you just realize that um you know everyone's deserving of of good things so take totally it and that's good advice the only reason why i went oh is because people will like especially guys will be like ah it's the fake news but then they're getting their news from the host of fear factor joe rogan um but anyway besides the point it, it's true and i often find that i do run down the hill when i should be just you know when you you ever know when you're like walking downhill and you're like kind of stopping yourself it's like lean into that fucking shit but then don't fall at the end right there's like an art to being um as resistant but accepting so finding that balance between resisting but accepting yeah Um, we live in analogies do you realize that morgan all we do is live inside of analogies (laughs) yeah well that's why i i really related to matthew mcconaughey because he's a storyteller and he thinks very lyrically so what i thought i mean also i don't mean to like turn this podcast into like a matthew mcconaughey like shrine but um very similarly to anthony and i he thinks of things very lyrically so he puts like a music title on like a certain relationship or he puts a music title on like a song title on like a certain um, experience he's going through. And I think that's like a good way of kind of like um, categorizing everything. So totally, I mean, our totally. song title is shit show. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, so you know what, to the writer, just lean into it. That's my final advice. Just lean into it um, as best as you can. It's not, it's not easy. Um, All right. I have, I have one right in front of me. Anthony, can I read it? Go ahead. <laughs> All right. There was a guy in college that really had a thing for me. I wasn't so much into him, but by our sophomore year, he wore me down. Uh, so I decided to go home with him one night. We start fooling around and he asks if he can put some music on. Okay, sure. He proceeds to tell me he has had this playlist made specifically in case this night ever happened. Oh. Why I didn't run then, I don't know. So we start paint it green. (laughs) So we start dot 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 doing it. And he stops in the middle to change the fucking song. I'm like, what is happening? He finds a song he's looking for and says, I've been wanting to do it with you to this song. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Duddy Love by Sean Kingston. (laughs) I'm dead. I'm like, what the fuck is my life? That was obviously a one and dud. And still to this day, that kid will randomly text me, duddy, 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 love. My friends will do it to me too. It's a running joke and you can't make this shit up. You know what? The guy sounds like a fucking douchebag, but at least she took it as a fun experience. Yeah. No, that's the fact think. that he's still texting her, duddy, 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 love. I feel like he's sort of like a fun time. He's not that bad. You know, right. he's, he's, he's like. It. Yeah, he's like coming back to like the little intricacy that was like obviously important to him. I think it's sweet. Um, yeah. But she's, can, she thinks yeah. it's a running joke. Yeah, and he can yeah. make fun of himself too, it sounds like, which is right. nice. Yeah. They should date each other. No. No. <laughs> no. Well, what do you guys think? I feel like something that I got from that is that I often in relationships, uh, 
like dating either casually or not, I find these like little commonalities, like in the first couple of times that we like are speaking or hanging out. And it's like, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll grab onto that. Like, that's like mm-hmm. a running thing that we can secure and make it right. ours. Right. Like that's something. And I always feel like without fail, the things that I find to be really significant, the other person just ends up like not really thinking them to be significant. So I'll like, say i'll just give an example i'll be like hey like wanna you know go to elvez like because we got that like you know dip and like whatever it's like we did and i'm like how do you not remember that like like i remember it like and that's the most heartbreaking thing yeah it's like a taylor swift lyric because taylor does that too she's always like romanticizing remembering things and that's what i do because i'm like the biggest compliment you can give to me is to remember something about me or remember something that I love or that makes me me. So if I'm remembering it about you and I'm putting it into practice, it's like, I, I hope that you would do the same. And it's like, just like Taylor, her biggest heartbreaking thing. It's not if somebody cheats on her, not if somebody is an asshole to her, it's if they don't remember. And so I feel like that is cute that he texts her the duddy, Mm -hmm. duddy, dim, dim, duddy love. But (laughs) <laughs> you know, I do find that romantic. I'm just a little I just bit jealous. Think, I think <laughs> I just think it, um, it's cute because it's like a it's a tie that keeps them together. Um, and I mean, regardless of the song, he at least had something in the back of his mind that he was like, I re- this is the one song I want with the one girl like he ha- he holds such weight to it. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I think it's cute. I think little intricacies and inside jokes. Those are what get me. Those are what those are what pull my heartstrings a hundred percent. You fall for them too. And so you do this. Of course I, I do, do because yeah. you know what it is, is I remember those things too. So if, if it's mutual, then I'm like, okay, like there's something here because we're on the same like thinking yeah. wavelength. Like if I'm on the same wavelength as you and you're on the same wavelength as me and we're our free, our frequencies are in line. I mean, game over, game, game over. over. Yeah. Well, well, speaking of frequencies being in line, there's a hookup story here, which I find extremely fascinating. I was hooking up with a guy and I didn't know he was a virgin. Anyway, he came while we were making out. I've been on both. I've been on the other end of this. Barely even touched his penis while we were fully clothed. When I went to put my hand down his pants, it was all wet. I asked him if he came and he's like, no, no, no. So I had to pretend the whole time like I believed him and try to jerk him off again. As you can imagine, he never came the second time. Now, here's my whole thing. I feel bad for the guy. I feel bad for the girl, or if this is two guys or whatever. Um, but it is so hard, I especially think with guys with sex, to be vulnerable because it's a shameful thing if you finish too early. And I feel like it should be like, a compliment almost like oh shit like you made that happen yeah really fast Mm -hmm. and while it might not be fun for the other person I wish there wasn't such a stigma of like shame on it right I don't know I look at this and um there should be open communication in times of intimacy I think I agree (laughs) so if she asks that she's comfortable and That's true. the point. guy, the guy should feel vulnerable and, and trust her enough. Um, cause she was able, you know, to ask him that I wish he didn't lie. Yeah. It all goes kind of back to the idea. Like, macho, like the, macho thing, man. It, it, the thing is like guys can lie about that, but they can't really get away with it because like, as the she said, as you can imagine, he didn't come the second time. So I don't like him because he's a liar. <laughs> yeah, true. But I also I also feel like it's like not to get like so deep here, but there is like this like toxic masculine structure in place that it's like shameful to admit that. So it's like keeping this like, you know, persona of like macho, macho man. Like, of course, I didn't come, but it's like lean into it. Like I but then it's like a lose lose because I've been on both sides and it's like I'm always pretty honest if something happens prematurely. But then it's like. Uh, and so then if you lie about it you're a liar if you're honest it's like they're a pussy so not really there's no really out here what do you think andrew i just think that everyone should be masturbating before their dates if they if they know that they're gonna (laughs) hook up so avoid this issue just in in the the first place right 
Yeah, but what if you're somebody who can like finish like 17 times per day? Okay, do you know a single person that could do that? No. Well, wait, can you? His, his name starts with A. No, not. <laughs> and his ends last with name phony. rhymes <laughs> with Mario. <laughs> I can. It's like a good thing sometimes, but sometimes it's not because it's like just short increments of sex a lot or like whatever. But it happens multiple times. It's just like kind of like revving a car and like you're going to get it like, you know, down the road, 100 feet. And then it's like, boom. But then it's not like the car's broken down. You need a tow truck. It'll eventually go again. Uh, But I can do that. (laughs) A little busted. I wonder what that is. Hmm. Uh maybe if there's a doctor listening you can let me know <laughs> over excessive <laughs> yeah but but i think go ahead andrew no i just i just i just fully believe that like to enjoy it then you know if you if you know that you're going to be having sex and you don't want it to last you know a short period of time then i feel like you should plan accordingly but i love like the idea of like a strong build-up where yeah. it's like you cannot wait any longer. Crescendo. Yes. Mm. Loving me is like driving a new Maserati down a dead end street. Yeah. Loving me was red. Yeah. <laughs> daddy, daddy love. <laughs> daddy, daddy love. <laughs> daddy love. Then we got this one. I- I'm finding this one the mo- probably the most interesting out of all the ones we got. I had a 62-year-old woman who I worked for <laughs> claim she was the daughter of a famous artist until I found out she was actually four years old and actually a puppy. I have just one question. I didn't get paid a cent, she says. <laughs> I feel like I've been through this like two or three times. I have just one question. Well, I actually want to open it up to Andrew and Anthony. Um, what kind of artist do you think the puppy was? I would say a painter or a mime. Okay, Andrew. Wait, I'm so confused about this entire. <laughs> Wait, say it again. Let's break it down. So she, this girl, worked for a 62 year old woman. Yes. And um, the woman claims that she was the daughter of a really famous artist. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. she thinks that this woman's like in the art scene that she's working for. I'm assuming Anthony. A it sounds a little bit like the endeavor that you went. <laughs> Yeah, that I you know. talked about with your socialite. Anyway, go I on. Um, so I'm assuming she was probably doing assistant work or something. And then she found out that the woman was actually only four years old and also a puppy. Not not <laughs> a woman, a puppy. Wait, I don't understand. How, how are you working for a puppy? I'm just like, logistically, what's going on? I don't know. I can't tell if this is a typo. Or it kind of reminds me of like The Orphan. Remember that movie, The Orphan? And then like a real life thing kind of happened with it. They adopted the girl. They thought she was like four years old. (laughs) Um, But she was really like a 17-year-old girl. And then the woman was like a 34-year-old woman. This is comparing a woman to a puppy. They're like, oh, wait. Like all of a sudden it was a puppy. Part of me, my gut is telling me that someone's (laughs) fucking with us. And I don't like that. (laughs) Maybe they're trying to make it like an analogy. Because I understand. I worked for a socialite who said that they were the daughter of a famous musician. Mm-hmm. And but what is all the puppy? Stu- what is the puppy parallel to? I don't right. know. Maybe it's a maybe it's a metaphor. Is that maybe like a saying? Reveal. Yeah, like, it was like a, puppy, a puppy, like someone that just like followed you around. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get paid a cent either until like I had a the dog. threat. Like a dog. Wait, but before that, before she turns into the puppy, she's a little girl. Wait, what's yeah, going on? Yeah, she's four. She's four. four. <laughs> she thought she was 62. But she's actually four. Okay. Yeah, and the way this is written doesn't seem like it's a joke either. I didn't get paid a cent. <laughs> I didn't get paid a cent. Yeah, because it's like a six-year-old girl, also a puppy. <laughs> yeah, I guess I like my Jesus advice Christ. for this person would just be to do your research. Yeah, do your research. <laughs> yeah. I guess before... But that's the other thing that people like us who paint the red flags green, you could do the research. It could come up on Google Images, a picture of a puppy. I would still take the job. I don't even know what to say. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. I really don't. Um, If it was like Marnie the dog, like, you know, that dog, that famous dog that passed away that had like the tongue out, like, like if it were, if it were Marnie, (laughs) I would do it. Well, maybe she was working for Marnie the dog. Marnie's dead. 
if this person was Marnie, the dog's assistant, I apologize like completely. Like I love you and rest yep. in peace, Marnie. Um, I, again, I just don't really know what to say, and I feel like yeah. unhelpful here. But like yeah, Marnie the really dog, uh, Marnie the dog would have money though. Is the thing. So I feel like. Uh, no, there's the They would pay her a cent. <laughs> right. Listen, I know a lot of people who had some money that still didn't pay me, so. It, I'm just very baffled by the six-year-old girl. Uh, four. The, four. Four, sorry. Four. <laughs> also, how is a 62-year-old woman the four-year-old's daughter? Yeah. And R- that's riddle the me other that thing. one. All right, riddle me this tangent. <laughs> that song I fucking hate. And there's a few reasons why I hate it. I have a lot of shit shows associated with this song, such as being at a peak weight of 270, uh, chain smoking about pack and a half of cigarettes per day, um, and being unemployed and not in school. But the song came out once I was seven years old, master. Oh this song God. makes no sense. If you really break it down, it makes zero sense. There's this part. Where he goes, once I was 60 years old, my dad was 61. How that's, is your dad 61 no way that's the while you're 60? Here's, here's the <laughs> your problem. Your dad I have. had you at one? <laughs> here's the problem I have with this song, with that song Anthony just alluded to. They were trying to copy the classic song, 100 Years by Five for Fighting. Yeah. And that song is emotional as fuck makes sense it reads everybody's mind it goes through the moments totally. the integral moments of your life and here we have once i was 15 years to, old my to, dad had me when i was 16 and i yeah. just i agree with anthony the i it just there's no creative liberty there Andrew, I, what are you saying? I do have the actual lyrics in front of me. Um, it does make more sense. Uh, I don't know actually how it goes, so maybe you misheard it. Um, <laughs> it says, soon I'll be 60 years old, comma, my daddy got 61. So the dad died at 61 oh. is what they're trying to say. <laughs> the way he sings it, he's like, soon I'll be 60 years old, my daddy is 61. It's like, shut up. Yes. I agree. The other lyric in that, once I was seven years old, my daddy told me, go get yourself a wife or you'll be lonely. You didn't even hit puberty yet. Why are you getting a wife at seven? No, I'm totally with Morgan on that. That's the uh, 100 years to live. It's yeah. They're trying to recreate the magic, but there's nothing to be had. Yeah, there's no magic there. No Christmas Aww, spirit in that song. I'm 22 for a moment. Yeah. He feels better than ever. Oh, we're on fire. This song, I really love it. I really do. It's, yeah. Yeah, all right. I'm really glad because you got that all out of your system. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. I did. I'm really emotional this week. Yeah, I'm emotional this week too. I cried um, on Sunday. Why? Why'd you cry? Um, just a lot of reasons. I feel like I feel like there's like a chapter being closed on my life and I'm very sad about it. Oh, it's okay. Tell, tell us about it. You know, it doesn't have to be okay if it's not. No, it's fine. This is how I explain it. So basically, um, I'll be moving from Boston back home, which is great. Like home is a happy place for me. Um, but it's just like emotional. Like I have a life here and it's something that I built from the ground up and I'm very proud of it. And there's people here who have molded me 
into who I am and who I will be for the rest of my life. And I'm very, you know, just sad to like leave that behind. But here is how I explain it to people when they're like, how do you feel? This is how I feel. Um, so you know how they say like, you should live your days as if you could, you want to be able to stamp your name at the end of the day. Like you had such a good day that you're proud to stamp your name on it by the end. Check that off your checklist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I feel like with Boston, um, after three amazing years, um, I can like stamp my name on it. So it's, it's like pretty emotional. That is but. emotional. So, I mean, yeah, energy year is just like made me kind of emotional. But anyway, anyway. Wow, Morgan's first time crying on the podcast. <laughs> oh. I mean, here's the whole thing. You did, and I'm so proud of you because you really took a path less traveled by. I mean, most people from where we're from either stay in Philadelphia or, you know, live at home until they're married. And you like went out there and you went to Boston and you did it. And like, even though almost every year you were like, I think I might move home. You didn't. You're there for a yeah. fucking long ass time. And you've made so many friends, more friends than anybody I know has. And oh, you, you, you have such an impact on people's lives. And I feel like so many people wouldn't just be like, yeah, I'm friends with Morgan. But it's like, I'm so proud that I'm friends with them. Oh, with her. Anthony. And Anthony, too. Like you've No, so don't many- do it back. I can't take it. Well, I was just going to say, even in Boston, like you've made so many great connections and, and people absolutely adore you. So um, that's sweet. But going back to the checklist uh, thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've been thinking about this theory and like this idea for a couple of weeks because it's been coming up in conversations that I've been having with people. And here's my thing. There are a lot of people out there that have checklists for everything checklist for what they want in a significant other, a checklist for the school they want to go to, a checklist for the job that they want to go to, a plan, point A to B to C to D, check. I admire those people because I am not one of those people. Um, But I don't know if it is uh, helpful or if it's a detriment to people having this checklist because in my opinion because I don't have a checklist I lead with my my heart more often than not um, and I feel like if I do have a plan and I do have a checklist and I can't seem to check those boxes off or complete the plan then I'm just like what what was the point of the plan or what was the point of the checklist so it's a very differing um, idea when people you know have like these checklists in their life for almost everything and i wanted to pick both of your brains about it and i want to see where you stand i think there's a happy medium because here's the thing if you if you go through life with no structure it's hard to grow right unless something's thrown at you um or unless you have an idea in the moment and i lean more to that direction Mm -hmm. i found that I always like to be surprised with no structure rather than disappointed with a checklist because the few times that I have made checklists about things, there's always two or three that don't end up happening. And that is Mm -hmm. somehow way more painful than having nothing, no goals, and then having things fall into your lap from creative things that you've done by yourself. It's not like I wrote it down and I said, oh, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. I did some of it. I didn't do some of it. It's like I'm living and then it happens. Mm -hmm. And I like that better. But there is a happy medium. You can set goals and and have Mm -hmm. aspirations that are tangible and some intangible. Um, But it all, I think, depends on the person because if you're extremely sensitive, you know, I like to go, I, I used to be, in, in high school, like known for being like the nicest person, right? Like I was just always so kind and I still like to think that I'm a kind person. I, I don't usually have malintent, but I got roughed and toughed up because I got diagnosed with Crohn's. I had perfect skin and I had Crohn's manifestations, horrible cystic acne. I was at Villanova, wanted to have this plan to meet a girl and, and have a family Well, I'm gay. And, and it's just like, you can't plan certain things. Right. And, and, and if you're sensitive like me and you get roughed and toughed up, it's like you become jaded. And I feel like you don't set yourself up for failure um, by setting these goals, especially if you know at the end of the day, when you write down goals, you have to make sure that it's actually something you want and not yeah. something that somebody else 
put into your head or something that you think you should be doing. Because we can do that all the time. We could say, oh, I should be doing this at this age. Well, no, you fucking shouldn't. Maybe you should if you want to. But if you don't, then who gives a shit? Yeah, I just think that checklists become scary when they just become so confined. Like there is no, there's no buffer. And I think that there, in life, there are so many buffers, like emotion and like chemistry and um, what makes you happy. Like there's so many, and that changes, like it's all fleeting. So I think um, what scares me about checklists is that they're so, they can be so confined. Um, But also like there's beauty in not having a checklist and, you know, learning from not making a checklist like this one time or uh, I don't know. It's just something that's been like marinating in my mind a lot recently, you know, and there's, and it puts pressure, I think too which is not always a good thing. No. And those pages, I know you like look at some of them sometimes and it's like the motivational stuff. And it's like that stuff is a sham. And I, I'm sorry to anybody listening who, who does that on their Instagram or Twitter. Sure. Some of it is good, but some of it is bad. Like I have a friend who's uh, maybe we'll have him on the podcast. He's great. But like, I kind of want to confront him about some of the stuff he posts. It's all like the only person in your way is you. No, it's not like, yeah, sure. I can be in my way sometimes, (laughs) but like there's so many other factors or it's like, you know, he was posting a lot about like the election. He's like, well, no matter who wins at the end of the day, you know, you're your own path and you're your own leader. And, and, you know, there's still one omnicentral King, which has got, it's like, I'm not going to be in the Supreme Court deciding whether I can adopt a kid like that is something that is given to me. And I feel like when people post this motivational stuff, it's like one sect of human being. And it's like, sorry, we're not all like that. We all have existential factors that we Mm -hmm. can't control. Yeah, it's true. Control. And here's the other thing. You really can't control your reaction either. People say you can't control what people do to you, but you can control your reaction. That's not true. I think that's true. I think that's where you and I differ. I think, yes, I do. I do. I think that everybody reacts differently based on personalities and based on what ticks them off. And you know Maybe what I react mean? isn't the right word, but if you do something in which I cannot, like, let's say you're wrongfully like arrested, just random statement. Okay. I thought you meant how like you react. a debacle between like a friend and like when you choose to blow up or when you choose to bite your tongue. Yeah, you can you can do that. It's just some things that happen are so out of your control that it's like, well, I can't control my reaction. I have to react this way in order to be able to move forward. Like some people don't are not just able to choose like, well, I'll bite my tongue about that or I'll get over that eventually. Like some things like you really have. There's only one way you can react. And the other way is just killing over. So if you want to survive, you have to do certain things. I think that these motivational things and checklist things that make you like, because I know you think about that a lot, Morgan, and it like marinates in your head. It used to marinate in mine, but it's like, once you realize that all that stuff is not real, it's like, oh my God, full circle, I can find some solace in the uncontrollable at this point. That's I really live the in the uncontrollable. <laughs> like I yeah. live in the uncontrollable. What marinates in my head is how different people look at life when they do have checklists, checklists versus not. Totally. Um, because I, I don't have checklists and I like that. It makes yeah. me who I am. But I but the, feel like, go ahead, sorry. No, no, go <laughs> I, ahead. I, I feel like you're talking about like giant, like uh, accomplishments that you're putting on your checklist. Whereas like, I have been like, I love a checklist, just a daily checklist yeah. of just like having breakfast. Like that's like a love checking that off, you know? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. like throughout the day, I'll have a bunch of other things that are building toward a bigger checklist, a bigger check, you know? But mm-hmm. um, I just love having a checklist of just like smaller things throughout the day because it really does, there's so much accomplishment and fulfilling just a very small task, like just like showering, you know? Totally. Understandable. I think I'm looking at it from like the perspective of like, for example, when I was going into college, what I thought I wanted, I had on a checklist. I wanted a big school, big football, big campus, um, Greek life, blah, blah, blah. Like all all of these like things I wanted checked off when I went to college because it's what I thought I wanted. 
So I confined myself within that checklist and ended up going to the university, you know, where I graduated from. Um, and it wasn't good for me. So it was just like, how do you know in these big checklists on things that you want to accomplish or in like a certain job, like you want to make sure that your boss is like this. You want to make sure the team that you want is, has like this many people, like this territory. Like how can you confine yourself? Because then you're negating all the other possibilities. I yeah. don't know. I yeah, don't know. It's definitely something in interesting to ponder over because I think that a lot of the time when we're making these checklists, it's like what we see ourselves doing. It's not actually what we want to do. So like instead of me as Anthony Lario thinking, and I've learned to break this and listen, it hasn't always totally worked out. There's a lot of stuff I'd, I wish I was doing right now that I, I wasn't, but I, I think that it's like, okay, what do I see Anthony Lario doing, right? Mm -hmm. So if I were to make my grand checklist, it'd be, I'd want to host, like, watch what happens live one day. Anthony Lario, I want to be like an official, you know, producer on Bravo. Like I want to be in a, in a movie. I want to be, you know, on stage on Broadway, right? Those are my, on my checklist, but that's what I see Anthony Lario doing. What do I really want? I was thinking about this earlier. I was like, some of the work that I do, I'm like, do I really fucking want this? Like, is this really what I want or is this what mm -hmm. I'm seeing myself doing? This right now, the shit show, this is what I want to do. This is yeah, what same. I, this is what <laughs> Anthony Lario wants to do. But the other stuff, I'm like, oh my God, like that's not going to tuck me in at night. Like that's not going to keep my feet warm. Like mm -hmm. I, I think that I want to work one day real boring, just like general comms at a communication firm. Like I don't, I see myself doing this because I think it's what Anthony should be doing because he's so talented and he's so this and it's like pressure and it's like, well, that's yeah. not what I fucking want. Yeah. I just think that, you know, when people do, because some people do have checklists, like they have like a checklist on what they want in their significant other. And um, that's not going to work. I, yeah, I have trouble. I have trouble with that because I don't have that. <laughs> um because again, like I go based on chemistry and, and frequency for the most part. Um, but it's just like when you have a checklist, like I want to make sure that they make this much and they're this tall and like, like so many surface level um, points. I don't know. Like, are you really going to find someone with all those perfect points or like, no, how are you gonna that's weigh, Humpty Dumpty. How, how are you going to weigh your options? Like, how are you going to decide what's more important to you? Like their family or their, I don't know. Like, it's just like, it's again, true. I've been, I've been pondering over it. Yeah. I think that as lot. far as a significant, because I think it other, comes down to pressure too. Like it really, like Anthony said, pressure. You know what I had, you know, what's funny is it happened to me like two years ago and I haven't talked to, um, the guy at all. I don't even know what happened to him, but uh, <laughs> we met on Hinge and like his pictures, he was really cute and like all his pictures and we started talking and I was like, okay, like he's great. And it was just like, like really fun, flowy conversation. And I was like checking off all like my checklists, like, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. then he was like, can I have your Snapchat? And then we started Snapchatting. He looked totally different. He looked nothing like he did in his pictures. He was a completely oh different person. But you know what? It didn't matter to me. Right. It didn't matter. I was like, huh. Like, I still am attracted to him, even though he looks like a completely different person. And I think that proved to me right there. It's like, if I had a different personality type and it was like, oh, my God, that wasn't on the checklist that, you know, I wouldn't have not pursued it. And I probably mm -hmm. just didn't end up pursuing it because I was immature, forgot about it or whatever. But. You know, I think that we get into dangerous territory when we want to collapse an entire house just because, you know, the kitchen door is not working. Well, exactly. Like, Very well, well said. To me, the, that, like the Snapchat story, that guy, I feel like that brings up more of a, like, they're also lying on top of just like uh, not being the person that they are online. So you're also dealing with other um, things that work against them, I feel. You know what I mean? Totally. So, totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people are complicated as, as we're like sitting here all talking and like every episode, like we're all just such complicated people. We're at the end of the day, we're all, we all can be mean sometimes, right? We all can be complicated. We all can be controversial. We all can be, we all can lie. We all can cheat. We all can steal. And it's not something that we wear on our arm like a badge of honor it's mm -hmm. just who people are so you find out that somebody lied about something i have trouble 
completely writing them out because it's like, oh, I do that too. My friends do that too. Not to make excuses or, or police myself or have them police themselves. It's just like, it's going to happen at some point. It's never going to be perfect. And so. Well, that's the thing. Humans are imperfect. I mean, but that's like what I think makes like us so beautiful and the fact that we can realize that and recognize that and try to better ourselves. Like we have that, that free will to do so. Um, you know, I just, I get angry at people who, and I, I do this too. Again, I do this too. I, I'm getting better at making mistakes. Um, but I just can't relate to a lot of people who are afraid to really make mistakes and then confined to those checklists because there's so much more to life than just running down the loose leaf paper and checking things off. Um, there's beauty in like the unbeaten path. So totally, I don't know. Just wanted to like pick your brains and like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's good. And that's like helpful for people to hear because I think that the way that, you know, we might present ourselves online, right? Like we people, oh, it's funny things that I get comments about you and I, and it surprises me a lot is it's always like, oh my God, you guys are so put together and you're so, you're always dressed well. And like you, you have this going for you and this, it's like, we're fucking messes. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. and it's good. It's good for that fourth wall to be broken because I've never seen a mess that wasn't beautiful in some kind of way. Yeah. I've seen a lot of really clean, you know, whitewashed rooms with you know glass glass walls and mm -hmm. and and marble floors that I'm like this is cold yeah no it's funny because I think I I put more of an effort into um looking put together when I'm internally like an absolute mess because it's oh, defense yeah. mechanism yeah, 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 so yeah. it's like when I'm hungover and I used to go into the office I made sure to get dressed up so that, I mean, A, I felt like a little better, a little more awake, a little more alert. But there's one time where um, I was at work in the office and the secretary was like, oh my God, like I absolutely love your outfit. And I was like, you have no idea how hungover I am right now, like all this stuff. So I think it's also a defense mechanism where it's like, oh my God, you're so put together. And it's like, that's just how I'm, co I'm covering this up completely. You're like it's hoping. like the pimp, it's the it's the pimple like would you rather just flat out shine a light on it or are you going to put cover up on it what are you going to do yeah so. totally but I it's mean, interesting because a lot of these concepts that we've been talking about on this shit show like they're such open-ended concepts um and i'm just really happy that people are relating to them and even just going off on their own twist with it uh because everyone's mind is just so different it's so infatuating isn't it yeah, it totally is. And I think it's a good place for our mid-season finale since we're going to do two <laughs> sets of five episodes for the first season. And yep. it's we'll definitely do this again, have other people write in and talk to us. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, it's fun to walk down memory lane. As we said, it's the point of this show. When you yeah. hear other people's stories, it brings up stuff in yourself. And you could be sitting in your car, you know, driving to work or driving to school or at home doing the laundry with your phone on top of the dryer and you hear something and it brings, it's almost like uh, when you smell a candle or like somebody's cologne or perfume mm -hmm. and you're like, oh my God, that brings me back. It's like, you can be brought back there obviously with stories. And I think yeah. that's so magical. Absolutely. I agree. All right, Morgan. So where can people find you on Instagram? People can find me at morg, M-O-R-G underscore Lamada amazing and you, you got really good at saying that um, <laughs> and you. you can find me on instagram at anthony lario a-n-t-h-o-n-y-l-a-r-i-o and andrew where can people find you um, i am on instagram at mcguy guy at m-c-g-u-i underscore g-u-y beautiful so and you fun. know all right guys now we're allowed yeah. through apple podcast you type in <laughs> shit show without the the censored. You just type in S-H-I-T-S-H-O-W. No more sticky data. None. No more sticky data. And you can We are sliding, it. gliding through there. And it comes right up. It's like the second thing that pops up. All you have to do is you got to click it. You got to what, Morgan? <laughs> you got to subscribe. Subscribe. 
subscribe. subscribe and rate five stars. Send it to your friends. Send it to your teacher. Send it to somebody who hates our fucking guts. And do you yeah. think maybe that we talked about them? Send it to them. <laughs> yeah, subscribe. Thank you guys so, so much. This has been so fun. All the conversations that we've been having have just I don't know, made me so happy. I mean, it's true. It's true. And all the comments, uh, positive reinforcement. Again, that's why we're doing this. We're doing it for you guys. We're doing it for our egos (laughs) and for for content too. I mean, like we all must live on. Our lives are movies. Yeah. And this movie of this episode is ending right now. The shit show. (laughs) Yeah, that was a shit show.